Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. First Thessalonians. How many know when we prepare for something, we talked about, you know, preparing for our offerings, preparing for school, preparing for vacation. How many know pre- pre- preparation is important? Looking ahead, or how many have had company come in and you get everything ready, you're cleaning your house up, you're making sure everything looks good. There's things that go into preparation. There's things that go into receiving somebody. And, uh, you know, church, I want to remind you tonight that, that very soon and possibly any moment, we're going to receive our king. Amen. How many tonight are, are coming to church looking for that return of Jesus? Amen. And as Santos mentioned at the prayer time, we always tell you we don't talk about what we're going to talk about. And that's exactly what the Lord's put on my heart tonight is the return of Jesus Christ. Church, it's the most important event that's ever happened outside of creation and Jesus coming to die on the cross. And it's an event that we know tonight it can happen at any moment. And we need to be watching for it. Amen. The Bible tells us all throughout the Bible to be watching and looking And so I want you to, if you're taking notes tonight, to write this down. I'm going to tell a story at the very end that will make uh, this, tie this up. It's called Don't Miss the King. Amen. Don't Miss the King. How many know with um, seasons, there's how many know we have seasons, right? We're we're thankfully heading out of summer, uh, some of the seasons some of you crazy folks like, heading into my time of the year, which is fall and winter. And then there's spring, then there's summer again, and there's seasons. And how many know in life there's, there's also seasons of, for example, hurricanes. There's hurricane season. There's tornado season. There's different times of the year. There's allergy season. How many don't like that? All these different times of the year where things are going on. And so I want to talk tonight about something that's happening this month. Because just as, how many know when allergy season comes, for example, in my own personal life, Last few years, I've been getting really, really bad sinus infections every year. Every, the allergies hit in the beginning of the summer, coming out of, out of spring, and it makes my love for summer even greater as I get a really bad sinus infection, and uh, it's been like that for several years now. So I told my wife, next year, I'm going to prepare. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to do everything I can to when that time of the year comes, I'm not going to have another sinus infection. I'm going to start taking allergy pills in February, every day. We bought some uh, air purifiers for our house. Just being, I found some, some um, uh, drops that you can take that are kind of like the idea of the honey where you get the different uh, places in the, in, the, in the areas that help you. And so I'm just going to be proactive and be ready and prepared for that season that's coming because I know that when, I know I can get the sneezes any time of the year. I know I can get allergies any time of the year, but how many know there's certain parts of the year where it's more likely for you to get allergies? Same with tornadoes. A tornado can happen any time, but there's certain times of the year where the tornadoes are more prevalent. Hurricanes can happen. Any, all these different things. Can How many know it can snow in a place where it shouldn't snow, in a time it shouldn't snow? The weather's crazy, right? So anything can happen, but I want to talk to you tonight about a season that we're in And as we talk about the rapture and the return of Christ, I want you to know tonight that biblically, we're in a high watch season for the rapture. 
How many know that tonight? Let me see your hand if you know that. You know why you know that? Because we teach you that. Amen. Praise God. But do you, and if you don't know that, you're going to know it in a moment. That means that Jesus can come back anytime, any moment, but there is a season, the Bible tells us, that is more prevalent than other seasons, and a lot of people don't know it. And really, church, the reason a lot of people don't know it is because a lot of churches don't even preach on the rapture. They don't even preach on the, ra- the return of Christ, which just blows my mind. I, you know, I listen to some of them, and I hear things that they say, and I think, how is it possible that this is the next event in Bible prophecy, and so many churches aren't even talking about it? How are you going to be ready for something that you don't know about? You know, if you hear that hurricanes are coming, what are you going to do? You're going to go board up your windows. If you hear it's allergy season, you're going to get some allergy, allergy medicine. If you know Jesus is coming back, you got to live your life in a holy, righteous way so that when he comes back, you're going to go with him and not be left behind. How many want to go with him and not be left behind tonight? Amen. And we're going to be ready as a church, all of us, but I want you to know that this is high rapture season. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, let's read this tonight. Verse 13, but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, those who have died in Christ, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe, and this is the key tonight, I want to stop right here, if we believe. And I'm going to also ask, uh, babe, if you could let, help me out to give me five or ten more minutes tonight, if you can let the musicians, than normal, okay? I might not need it, but just in case, because I want to get this out. Um. I want to make sure we understand this. If, if we don't truly believe, then we're not believers. And if we're not believers, we're not ready for the rapture. Okay? Going, being here in church doesn't save you. Being ready saves you. Believing saves you. And so he is saying, if we really believe Jesus died and rose again, so, you know, some people seem to believe that, but they don't believe in the rapture, which is crazy to me because why would you believe that and not believe that he's coming back? So many scriptures that I'm not even going to get into tonight talk about it. And John 14 is one of the best. You can read that later. He says, I'm going away to prepare a place for you that where I go, you may be also. In my Father's house are many mansions. Amen. And it doesn't mean he's constructing with his own hands right now. It's a time period. It's a preparation. And he is waiting to come back and get us. But I want you to know that God has time. God has, even though he's out of time, he has time. Okay, does that make sense? We know that we're in a creation season, church, and I'm just going to stop here for a second. Um, go ahead and take that down and put the background. I'll come back up there in just a second. I want to give this lake, this, this uh, background to understand how close we are in so many ways, and I was battling back and forth on what, because this is a message literally, and I was talking to Pastor Brian about this, like literally I could preach on this for a month. And I have in the past. There's been times I've done, but, but so much has even happened. I try to preach on this message every three months. I try to make sure that we're, that we're thinking about the rapture. We're watch, how many know when we're thinking about the return of Christ, we're living different? It means that we're occupying till he comes. We work, we, we go to work, we go to school, we do what we got to do. But in the back of our minds, today could be the day. Today could be the day, and so it makes me live soberly, soberly minded. It makes me make sure that I'm walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. And church, not only could the rapture happen, your, your day of the Lord could happen. Today or tomorrow or yesterday, where you breathe your last breath. And so we have to live soberly, but we're, we're, we're talking about times right now, 
that are that are so exciting. And 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 one of the reasons I wanted to preach this tonight was because I'm going to be gone for a couple weeks, for a couple Sundays in Costa Rica, preaching down there. And I wanted to preach this before I left because of the season that we're in. And I wanted to take advantage of tonight. And and I and I can tell not not that you're because you're here. It's awesome, but I can tell it's the devil fought some people to get here too. Amen. That which is just how it happens. But say I'm here though. And I'm going to get something, though. I'm going to be ready. Amen? When Jesus comes back, I'm going to be ready. I don't know about you or anybody else, but I'm going to be ready. So we're living in seasons and times that I could go into so many things of current events tonight, so many things that have even happened since last time I preached. But I would, I would say if there's one thing that I can say that's more real than anything else is the darkness that we're living in today, the real darkness that's in this world. Because if you think about the the hurricane sorry the earthquakes and the volcanoes and a lot of the signs wars and rumors of wars those are all things that have always been around but the Bible says they get more frequent but I'm telling you the thing when, you know, I don't know about you and I said it before and I literally think I'm starting to get it physically I'm starting to get physical pain in my neck I think from shaking my head so much I say it jokingly sometimes but I literally have a crick in my neck y'all know what I'm talking about I literally do. You can ask my wife. I and ask David. David gave me an apparatus for it and it works. I just need to work it some more. I'm so tired of doing this. My gosh, is this possible? How many are with me? It's the stuff we're seeing, just how is this possible, right? So we're living in these days, we're living in the generation the Bible says that this generation won't pass till Jesus comes back. We know we're in 2022. It's been 70 years since uh, the, the nation of Israel became the fig tree. We're, we're, we're living, I could give you so many things, but I want you to think tonight about how, how close we are to, the, to, the, to actually seeing the king, to actually seeing him come and blow that trumpet and, and go be taken up into the sky. How many believe that tonight? Don't just say it to tell me, but do you believe it? Okay, so go back to that verse real quick where we were. It says, if we believe he died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Those who have gone on before us are, are, I was just telling my wife the other day, I can't wait to see my mama. Can't wait to see my papa. Do any of you guys have any loved ones that you want to be reunited with again? You want to see them again? You miss them? And that's, that goes without saying how much I want to see Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the what? coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Leave this for one second because I need to say something important. This is important. Remember, this is, a, this is a big part of the teaching of eschatology and end times is there are people who believe erroneously, in my opinion from the Bible, that when the Bible talks about the coming of the Lord, they're, th- they're talking about the coming of the Lord, what's called the second coming of Christ, and that is at the end of the tribulation, and Jesus will come back with with all of us, the saints, to the earth, and we will live on this earth for 1,000 years, and we will have glorified bodies, and the Bible says we will rule and reign, and the earth will be like God wanted it in the, in, in Adam, when he formed Adam and Eve, and we will rule and reign this earth, and Jesus will literally be the president or king of the world. Do you believe that? That's the second coming. But what people don't understand is the Bible talks about a thing called a mystery which we're going to get into in a moment. And there's two 
comings of Christ. We know he came to die on the cross for our sins. We know he's coming back to the earth again. But the Bible says that to that second coming, he's going to come with the saints. And the Bible says he's going to land on the Mounts of Olives. He's going to land right there in Jerusalem. His feet are going to touch the ground, and he's not going to go back up again. For a thousand years, he's going to be on the earth. That is a different event than the rapture. Do you understand that tonight? Lots of people, though, unfortunately, I want to say not, I don't even know what the number is, but many people teach just the second coming of Christ, and they don't teach the rapture. This is a verse about the rapture, because I want you to pay attention to something very important. It says, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord. Again, this is so much to get out, but you've got to understand, at the end of the tribulation, church, there's going to be close to half to two-thirds of the world's going to be dead if you've read your Bibles. That's, that's billions of people. And so this kind of verse that we're reading here could not happen at the end of the tribulation because the time of tri- tribulation, if, you, if we've read, your, read our Bibles, what does it say is the worst time that's ever been or ever will be again. Okay, we haven't seen anything yet. We've talked about that. So this, this rapture verse here is Jesus coming for his church, and this is important too, to complete the age of dispensation, it's called, which is called the age of the church, the age of grace. When Jesus went up into heaven, it, that started, and in, in the timetable, we may be off a few years because we don't understand time, but approximately 2,000 years, which is like two days. If you know that if you know if you if you believe in creation there was 4000 years from creation until Jesus there's been 2000 years since Jesus till now how many know that's 6000 years That means that Jesus has to come very soon because that 6000 years has expired and now the, the last 1000 years has to begin but before that happens there has to be a time of tribulation a time on this earth called the great tribulation And that's the people who are going to stay here on this earth who are not ready for the rapture, who are not ready for Jesus to come, who are not walking in holy lives, believing in Jesus Christ. They're going to be here during that time. But church, that's not for the church. Okay, so keep reading with me. It says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. This is important. With the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. That's very important. And the dead in Christ will will rise first. What dead? All the dead who've died since now until Jesus was on the earth. All those people, okay? Keep reading with me. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with who? Those saints who've gone on before us. And where does it say we're going to go? Read it out with me. Into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. He's not coming to the earth. He's not going to touch down in the rapture. So if we don't believe in a rapture, then what is this event? Because the second coming of Christ is Jesus touching down on the earth. And then it says, and then we will always be with the Lord. And a very important verse here at the end is what's next. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. We have to 
for, fast forward for a second to understand why this is so important, church, because if we were living in the time of tribulation right now, which we wouldn't even be here assembled, I can guarantee you that, as a church, we wouldn't be able to do this. But how hard would it be to comfort one another with these words if any of us are still even left to comfort one another? Because go read Revelation. I, ch I challenge you tonight. You know, we talked about reading the whole Bible. Why don't you start in Revelation and go backwards? Go read Revelation. It'll take you an hour to read Revelation, maybe two hours. You read it all the way through. If you're slow, it'll take you a day. But read it this week. And just go look at all the stuff that's coming. Everything in that book is talking about a seven-year period of time that's going to be something we can't even, and I can't get into much to, to that tonight for time. But I want to remind you, and many of you have heard me preach this before, and this is what I mean by hurricane season, uh, allergy season, rapture season. We're in high rapture season. This does not mean, don't take me for the, to, to say that, that I'm naming a date or I'm setting a time or I'm saying he can't come in December or he can't come in July. He can come whenever he wants. He's God. But I'm just telling you that biblically we're in high rapture season. Can I get an Amen. What does that mean? That means we understand the feasts of the Lord. Later on, not now, write down Leviticus 23 and go read those. I'm going to go over them real quickly for you, but they're from the Old Testament. And I know sometimes when we read the Old Testament, oh, that's the Old Testament. I'll tell you what, one of the coolest things in the world is, and there's lots of them, thank God, is to listen to a person who was born Jewish, who has found Christ, talk about the rapture. Woo, it's powerful. It is powerful because they have an understanding of Jewish culture that even though I have a, quite a bit of understanding because I've studied a lot, can't even fathom what they have. And they say biblically that they know that that Messiah, Jesus Christ, is coming to take the church up to heaven in the rapture. Now quickly, to go through this quickly, the appointed times that Leviticus 23 talks about in Hebrew says a word called moedim, and that means appointed times. In, God, in our understanding, it would be God's calendar, God's watch. Remember that in the Bible church, we are not under what we use, the Gregorian calendar. We use that in our daily things because we live in the United States. But that's not what the Bible's under. The Bible's under the what? Somebody shout it out. Anybody know? Yeah, you do. The lunar calendar. Y'all knew that. It means we go off the moons. Okay, how many moons, how many full moons and all that. It's not, it's, it's, so there's, there's a, shorter, a shorter year. And so in this, listen quickly to this. Here's the feast. I'm going to go through them real fast. And you'll, and you'll tie it together. The first feast that happened in the Old Testament was the Feast of Passover. Most of you recognize that name, Feast of Passover. Remember what happened on Passover. Death angel came through, they put the blood over the doors, passed over. That is, and so, so what I want to say with this is, the set, there's seven feasts. Four are spring and three are fall. How many know we're out of spring and we're heading into fall? Right? Am I, am I right on that? Out of spring, heading into fall. Jesus came to fulfill the law. Jesus came to fulfill the scriptures. Jesus came to fulfill the feasts. And so the first feast was Passover. So in the New Testament, he comes and he dies on the cross for our sins as the Passover lamb. Okay? So he fulfills the feast of Passover in his own body. 
The second one is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Hopefully you've at least heard of these. If you've read the Bible, you may not understand it, but you've at least heard them. The Feast of Unleavened Bread. That means Jesus came in his physical body and was buried in the ground for us. He fulfilled the Feast of Unleavened Bread by being sinless and buried in the ground. Number three is the Feast of First Fruits. If you were to read it tonight, and I'm trying to throw some stuff out for notes, 1 Corinthians 15, read it later. It's a great chapter that explains the feast really well in the New Testament. He came to be what? The first fruit of the resurrection. So he fulfilled first fruits when he came out of the grave. And then the fourth one was the day of Pentecost, the feast of, uh, I get this one a little mixed up because of the wording, um, Weeks, feast, it's called Feast of Weeks or the Feast of Pentecost. Remember on the day of Pentecost? That was an actual feast, and that's why we're all Pentecostals. Because the church started on Pentecost. Okay? Every, every believer is a Pentecostal. So the, he came to fulfill that. The church started, baptism of the Holy Spirit fell, and so the four feasts of the Old Testament were fulfilled. They've already been fulfilled. 2,000 years ago, he fulfilled all of them, and he fulfilled all of them within just a very short amount of time, about 60 days. All that happened within 60 days. How many are with me so far? He goes up into heaven, and he tells the people as, as he goes up, he says, I'm coming again. And then when he leaves, the angels say, as you've seen him go, he'll come again. He's going to come just like you saw him go. And then we have three feasts that are left. And they're called the fall feast. The first one is the feast of trumpets. The second one is the feast of atonement, the day of atonement. And the last one is feast of tabernacles. To fast forward to the other three so I can focus on the one tonight. The tabernacles is the millennial reign. He'll fulfill that, that feast during the millennial reign. And uh, day of atonement, he will fulfill in what is the second coming when he comes back with us as the church. But the one I want to focus on tonight is the Feast of Trumpets. When we read 1 Thessalonians 4, did anybody hear that word? Hello? It's not school. Just you either did or you didn't. I guess no one did. At the last trumpet. I'm not going to quiz you. That was last week. So this is a season of high expectation because it is very possible that Jesus can fulfill the, 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 the feast of trumpets during this time being the rapture. Because the question is, church, if he fulfilled all four of the feasts exactly like they were, why would he not fulfill the last three exactly like they are? And then the Jewish calendar, they're all lined up a certain way. And this is what makes this, this one so powerful. I just want to read a few things to you. Jewish names and themes for this feast, for what this is called Rosh Hashanah in Hebrew, the Feast of Trumpets, which many believe is the rapture. It's the head of the, of the year. When Rosh Hashanah starts, when that day happens this month, that's the beginning of the Jewish New Year. Starts a new year. Okay. Another one is, here's some meanings. Yom Teruah, the day of an awakening blast. 
What does the Bible say is going to happen when that trumpet sounds? The dead in Christ are going to rise. The last trumpet. This is very interesting. Many of you have heard me say this, but many of you haven't as well. This is very interesting. On that day of trumpets on the, in the Jewish festivals, and Jewish, and by the way, I would challenge you or encourage you, if you really want to just see what this looks like, to go online, go to YouTube, and put in, just so you can see with your own eyes, go put in the, the, the wall. Just go to YouTube and put in the Wailing Wall and put live. And you can sit there and watch them, those Jewish people at that wall, going back and forth like this, praying. And at this time of the year, there'll be more. More. Because church, this is very interesting. They're looking for the return as well. This is very crazy. They're looking for Jesus too. The problem is, is they missed him the first time. They're looking for Jesus, and who they're going to get is the Antichrist. Isn't that crazy? And they're, they're fervent about it. They're, they're out that, and that's why I said there's nothing greater and more powerful than to talk to a Jewish person who has been born again. Because they are what I call doubly saved. They're God's chosen people, and they're bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. They're special. Amen. Remember when we had Zaev come several times? Our Jewish friend that came and preached a few times? Church, they're at that willing wall waiting. The Muslims are waiting for their Messiah to come. Guess who the Muslims are going to get? The Antichrist. Have you read your Bibles? I hope this isn't shocking to anybody. We're, we're looking for... A, a, the Bible, some people like to joke about it and call it a secret rapture. That works for me. I, I don't care what you call it, but I'm going up in it. I'm going up in it. There was an old song way back in the day my cousin Kim remember, I'm going up yonder. I'm going up yonder. That was the word mammal used to say. I'm going up yonder. To be with my Lord. Oh. Amen. I'm going. I can't speak for any of y'all, but I'm going. And I'm watching. And I'm looking, not for a hole in the ground, but a hole in the sky. When Jesus opens up the sky and blows the trumpet and takes us home. So church, right now, the entire, not in the entire world, but a lot of people in the world all the major religions are looking for this Messiah, but they're going to get deceived by the Antichrist. Not only are the Muslims going to believe and the Jews going to believe, because that's why it's called Jacob's Trouble, and the reason that the whole seven-year period is going to happen is because of the Jews. It's God's punishment for missing him. It's called Jacob's Trouble. It's the 70th week of prophecy. He says, you, you, you rejected my son, so you're going to have to go through some trials to be saved. And he's going to restore everything. And like I said, this is way too much to get into one service. And I've preached on this before. But I want you to understand the times that we're living in. So on this last trumpet, on this day, and the reason I said that with the video is, you can go there and they blast trumpets that day a hundred times, okay? 
and the final, long, most significant blast over there in Jerusalem. And we're, I'm talking about a physical one here on the earth, but we're not, we're, not, we're not talking about a physical one. We're talking about a real one from heaven. Okay, And it says, at that, la- that last one is called the last trump. At the last trump. And what happens is, here, let, me, let me say this now while I'm here so I don't forget it is this is a, a day like no other. And I, the part I love about this being the possibility of the rapture, the Rosh Hashanah, is because it's a day like no other in the sense of it is two days long. All the other ones were one day. And the reason is, is because it's the new year. So there's going to be a full moon. And what happens is watchmen go out, and they have to wait to see the moon appear. And that day doesn't start until they see the moon, and two witnesses have to see it. And they're looking for it. And then once they see it, then that day starts. How many remember when Jesus said, no one knows the day or the hour? That's exactly what that means. It doesn't mean we can't know the time frame. It doesn't mean we can't know the, that we're, we're close. It means that, by, that basically by the, fruit, the, the Feast of Trumpets, no one could know if it was one or the first day or the second day, day or the hour that the moon was going to come out and be visible and that would start it. That's what Jesus meant. That's why it is important not to go overboard and become Jewish, but it is important to understand Jewish history. Because Jesus was Jewish. Our Lord and our Savior was Jewish. So it's almost like when you're talking to somebody, if you want to understand them, you got to learn their language. And he says things in the Bible that was meant for the Jewish people that we got to catch on to. Are you all still here? Here's another one. Yom Zikaron, day of remembrance. A day which the chosen people... Remember God. In this rapture church, the chosen people are going to be us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ. Yom Hadin, day of judgment. God's going to open the books and judge the righteous and the wicked according to what they've done. How many know that when we go to heaven in the rapture, during the tribulation, we're going to be at the banquet? We're going to, get, we're going to be given our rewards. The Bible says we're going to be judged for all the good and the bad, but don't worry about the bad in the sense of it being something that will send you to hell. It's going to be, it's going to be the good and the bad that we did for the kingdom of God. Our reward is going to be given to us. And the Bible says that's why that group's called Casting Crowns. We're going to take that crown that Jesus gives it, and we're going to cast it back at his feet in thanksgiving for allowing us to serve him. That's why we talk so much about witnessing and going and doing and giving and coming to church and loving the Lord because you want to have a reward. Yam Hamalek, the day, this is this, the day of the coronation of the king. That's in Revelation 5. The time of Jacob's trouble. There shall be great tribulation in Israel such as never was since there was a nation. Interesting that this day would start the tribulation. Y'all following me? The rapture happens tribulation starts within a few days and church we got to understand the times we're living in right now you know what you know how much you know what needs to happen for the rapture to happen this nothing nothing this is the next event in god's timetable and it has been ever since jerusalem became a nation in 1948 the clock started you got to realize the times we're living in 
You've got to understand how close we are. And when we say close, you may have heard it. See, I've been saved for 30 years. And I, and I know what I mean when I say close. Because it was close 30 years ago. But now it's really close. Because every day we go forward, we're closer. We're closer to the return of Jesus Christ. And things are happening at a very, very, now this is really cool. The last part of this is, it's called Yom HaKesh. It's called the hidden day. It was hidden because they didn't know the exact day. And I just explained that to you. And so think of the, think of the word mystery. What did, what did, what did, what did this, uh, go back to First Thessalonians, if you don't mind, and watch what this says. Next verse. Wait, mysteries in 1 Corinthians 15. Keep going. I'm trying to remember if it was in that. Okay, it's in 1 Corinthians 15. It says, I show you a mystery. That's right. 1 Corinthians 15, I show you a mystery. We shall not all die. We should be changed in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. Okay? And so then, the, another one is the opening of the gates of heaven. How many know Jesus is going to open up the gates of heaven for us to go through? Amen? So that the righteous will enter. And the last one is, it's called the wedding of Messiah. This feast is called the wedding of Messiah. The blowing of the heavenly trumpet is a call for the entire true bride of Christ to assemble together. The church all around the world, the underground church in China right now, the church in Iran that exists, the church in Saudi Arabia that exists, the church in Jordan and every Islamic country, there is a church of Jesus Christ, amen? In Australia, all around the world, there's a church right now, just like us, assembled together, and when that trumpet sounds, we're all going to be joined together with God. And the Bible says that rapture means, church, to be snatched out of danger. That's why that next few days we're going to see hell break loose and God's going to take us out right before it happens. Here's to, to begin to close, Luke 17. Watch this. This is the other part I want you to see. I just chose a couple key verses. When the Son of Man returns, how many believers do I have tonight that he's coming back? If you don't believe, you will. You will. All will believe. That's why the Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. Confess him now. When the Son of Man... So does, just let me go back on English for a second. Does that first word say anything close to if? doesn't say if the Son of Man returns. So it's not about if Jesus is going to come back. It's when. And if we don't know exactly when, then we better make every day the win. Every day. Today could be the day. We should wake up and say, Lord, today could be the day. Count me worthy. It will be, this is why I believe so much, church, that we're in this day, because it'll be like in, in Noah's day. What was Noah's day like? In those days, the people enjoyed banquets, Sunday fun day. Send-offs of pastors, sitting around watching the Cowboys be the worst team in the world. Parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat and the flood came and destroyed them all. You know how much water Noah saw? Zero. When, you know when the water came? As soon as the door shut. That's the rapture. And it will be church. And listen, I could tell, literally, if you know me, I could talk for, not exaggerating, five hours right now on events. 
that are going on right now. I can literally just, things I've, I study, I look at, I read. Tons of things going on around the world that are all in place. And once that trumpet sounds, nothing else has to happen. The one world government, just in case I got someone here who's never heard the Bible tonight, there's, and, I, and this is a good witnessing tool. I just told someone about this this week in the bank. There's going to be one world. bank's a good place to talk about Jesus, by the way. Captive audience. They can't go anywhere. They're in line. Amen. And talk about money. Because this guy, he gave me a great lead in. He said, it would be better if we could just put our thumbs on this thing. I said, oh, don't worry, we will. That's coming. And I opened up a great door. The Bible says that there's going to be one world government. That's already in place. Look up ESG later. ESG, just look that up later. ESG for time. I I can't go into it. I can't chase that rabbit. There's going to be one world government. There's going to be one world religion. This year in Abu Dhabi, 2022, I think it's already opened. It should be open by now. They made a church in Abu Dhabi for Christians, which is not us, by the way, what they call Christians, Jews and Muslims, to come together and have church in the same place. Sound familiar? Humongous temple. Humongous for Christians, Jews, and Muslims. And church, on the surface, if we didn't know the Bible, that would sound good. Everybody in the world would say, that's a great idea. Let's all get along. Let's all worship together. You get what I'm saying? And that's what the world's going to do. What's wrong with that? It's another message. And one world currency. One world currency. Teenagers, you might want to get married. You might want to have a job. How many would say tonight, all the adults in here, marriage is great and the job's great, but it ain't that great? Anybody with me? You might have the, I have the best marriage in here, but it, it, ain't, it ain't that great compared to going to see Jesus. It ain't, it ain't that great compared to what Jesus, the Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has not even entered into a teenager's mind all the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Amen? Jesus has good stuff waiting for us. Don't love this world. Live in it. Do your thing while you're here, but don't love it. There's nothing, we've all been there, we want to get married, we want to have kids, we want to have grandkids, we all all think that way, but don't love this world, okay? So there'll be partying, weddings, right up to the time the flood comes and destroys them all. Next verse. And the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. People went about their, this is right now, this is today, 2022, people went about their daily business. See, you think, you think that COVID was going to change things. COVID was a setup. Do you not understand yet? Do you not have eyes to see yet? Y'all heard me say this from day one that it was a pandemic. I said it from day one, and I never changed my stance. My wife came to me as soon as this came out. She's my witness. I don't say that to brag. I'm telling you that we can hear from the Lord. 
She came and said, this thing, I, I just heard about this thing, that this, there's a conspiracy theory that this thing started in China. I, and I looked right at her immediately. I didn't waste any time, did I? I didn't say, hey, I'll come back and talk to you in a minute. I said, it is not a conspiracy. It's the truth. I felt in my spirit. It was a setup to put the world in order for the new world order. Now the world knows and all the government entities that they can control us. Because they did it. It's already ready. It's set up. It's in place. So here we are in that day. Nothing else has to happen. But now COVID's over. We're not scared anymore. People aren't going to, I'm saying generally, people aren't going to church as much as they were. Because COVID's over and we're not going to die. And we're just going about our daily business. Eating and drinking and buying and selling and farming and building. That, that's just no, and there's nothing wrong with those things. That's life. But he's trying to tell us something. And this is really, I want to hit this home really hard. This is why I believe scripturally in a pre-tribulation rapture. Because there's going to be no normality in this world during the tribulation. Zero. And even if it goes back to some kind of what the world would call normality, that normal is going to be totally governed by one entity. Force. I mean, just think back to COVID. All of us sitting in our homes, can't go anywhere, telling us what we can, where we can go, what we can eat, what we can't do, what we can do. That's what the world will look like when it calms down for a little bit. And that won't last long because right in the middle at three and a half years, the first three and a half years is going to be the devil persecuting those left on the earth. Many Christians who were backslidden or didn't take their faith seriously or loved the world more than they loved God. And if you don't believe that, go read Revelation. He says you're either hot or cold if you're either, not either one of those, you're lukewarm, I'll spit you or vomit you out of my mouth. So choose. Okay? In that day, it's going to be all out chaos. And we understand that this is, a, this is a time now where it's normal. But right in the middle, that Antichrist who's going to step on the scene, and I actually have someone that I believe is the Antichrist. I'm not going to tell you who it is. I've only told a few people just from my studies because it doesn't really matter. But there's a guy. He's alive, if you, by the way. He's functioning, but he's going to come on the scene very strong. He's going to be very charismatic. And by the way, he's not Obama. He's not Trump. Okay? He's not these, the world leaders that you're thinking of because he has to come from a certain place. He has to come from the Middle East. Okay? And I even believe he's going to be homosexual. Because the Bible says he has no affection for women. And look at the day, look at how we're, where the world's heading right now sexually. How many years have I been telling you that sexual orientation is what's going to be the divide? In the tribulation, we're out of here. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to worry about it. Can you comfort someone with these words? We don't have to worry about it because we're going to be at the banquet. We're going to be enjoying fellowship and praise and worship and not having to look at the clock for Wednesday night service to go home because we've got to go to work tomorrow. Eating the best buffet ever. 
Amen? Fool we can't even imagine. Amen? With Jesus on gold plates. Not gold-plated plates, gold plates. Amen? But right in the middle at that three and a half years, this Antichrist, and the word sums it up, and we're living in a world that is Antichrist. He is going to stand in that temple that he allowed to be built. And one of the reasons, the main reasons, the world's going to accept him. How many know the Bible? How many know current events? What's going to be what's going to start the tribulation? The seven-year treaty between the Palestinians and the Israelites that nobody has ever been able to do. This man is going to step on the scene in all the chaos of the rapture happening, in all the chaos of hundreds of millions of people gone, not abducted by aliens, which will be the belief that I've also said that for 30 years, that that's exactly what they're going to say. When that chaos is going on, he's going to come on the scene like a savior. And if you read your Bible, it says they're going to believe in him because he's going to do marvelous works and he's going to bring a false peace to the world. And they're going to say this has to be God because this is the only person that's ever been able to put these two people together. And then he's going to do something greater and he's going to say, hey, you Jewish people that the whole world hates, come build your temple. Come build your temple. I give you permission. And they're going to be so in awe of this man that they're going to let him build a temple. They're going to build that temple, and they're going to be starting to do Jewish customs. And by the way, that's in what's called the Institute. Uh, I just had the, there's a name. Something Institute. It's a whole, whole entire website. Jerusalem Institute, I think it is. Anyways, an entire website. They have everything they need for the Jewish temple in a warehouse. Sitting there, and it's been there for about 20 years. Everything. So as soon as they get permission... They'll build that temple in, in probably days because can't nobody build like the Israelis. Y'all know how awesome the Israelis are, by the way? Y'all to go read your history. And if you don't pray for the Israel, you need to start praying for them. The Bible tells us to pray for Israel. They're God's chosen people, and the world hates them. They're successful. They're strong. They're unbeatable. They're undefeatable. You know, that's the truth. But for a little short time, God's going to lift his hand and let them be beat up for a little bit. And they're going to start worshiping and following this fake, fake Christ, antichrist. And right in the middle, right in the middle, this antichrist is going to walk into the temple, sit down in the chair and say, I am God. And that is when God gets really mad. And that's when the Bible calls the great tribulation starts. That's what's called, the, if you've ever read in the Bible, the abomination of desolation. When God stands in, it's, it's one thing to say you're a God. It's another thing to say it in God's house. Right? Y'all following that? Why, the, the gravity of that? So he stands in the temple and says, I'm God. That's the last three and a half years in church. If, if, there, if there was any tribulation we're going to go through, by the way, there's a pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. Some people say pan-trib. means it will all pan out. I don't, I don't like that one because I like to be prepared, okay? But those are the beliefs, pre, mid, post. If, if I could give any leniency 
I would I, I would say it's possible that we could, we would, the rapture could happen in the middle. I don't believe that. I'm just saying if I could give any leniency. Because there's absolutely, say this with me, no way that the church can be here for the great tribulation. No way. Because that's no longer... Satan against people, that's no longer uh, people just being mean to each other. That is the Bible says God's uh, W, I almost started with an R, W-R-A-T-H. Kids, what does that spell? W-R-A-T, they're like, I don't know, give me my phone. What is W-R-A-T-H? Can someone say it? Thank you. Great piano player. Wrath. That is God's wrath on the earth. That he begins to pour out his wrath. I didn't even get to finish this. Read it later. But I want to tell you a story to end. How many would like to hear more? Too bad, we got to go home. Just recently, the queen died, right? Take your time on getting started there, Desi. I don't like to do that. I don't like to make her stay there for a long time. But I got to get this story out. It's quick. The queen just died, right? Queen Elizabeth. True story. She is hiking in the Scottish mountains with her bodyguard, Richard Griffin. And they're walking down a trail, and they run into an American couple of tourists. And they just start talking and conversing. And after a while, one of the Americans, I don't know if it was the man or the woman, says, where are you from? To the queen. They didn't recognize her. And she says, oh, I'm from London. And oh, wow. They said, have you ever seen the queen? We, we, we would love to have met the queen at some point. Have you ever seen her? And she says, realizing that they don't know who she is. She says, no, I have never read, ran into her. But she said, but Richard, he, he, sees her quite, he sees her quite often. And they go, no way. Are you serious? And they just totally take their eyes off of her, and it's all about Richard now. And they're like, are you serious? What is she like? I, I can't imagine what it's like to meet a queen. And they said, can, can we get a picture with you? And they, they, if we could go home to the States and tell people that we met somebody who knew the queen, it would be amazing conversations. So they're, they're getting their camera out, and they hand the, the camera to the queen and say, can you take a picture with us and Richard? She goes, of course, absolutely. True story. And they say goodbye and walk off. And they had the queen, they had majesty sitting, standing right in front of them and missed her. And she says later in the story through her bodyguard, Richard, I wish I could have seen a, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall, she says, when they got home and showed those people the picture of, of uh, the bodyguard, my bodyguard, not knowing that I was the queen. Church, every day we do that in this world. The king is standing right in front of us. The Bible says he's knocking on the door of our hearts. And every day, church, not just in this church, but all around the world, the king is standing right in front of people, and they miss him because they don't recognize him. 
You know how they miss Jesus? Because I guarantee you that day when they saw the queen, she wasn't in her queen attire. She was in hiking boots and hiking clothes. And she was taking some time off from her crazy schedule. And she was just walking through the, through the, through the mountains. And that's how Jesus came. Jesus came and humbled himself and said, the Bible says he took on no reputation of who he was, being God, but he became a servant for us. And that's why, church, those Jewish people missed him. Because remember when I said it not too long ago, when they looked at the disciples, they couldn't even tell which one was Jesus. That's, that's good for two reasons. His disciples looked like him, and he looked like them. And Judas said, I got to go, and I'll, the, one, the, the one that I'm betraying, I'll go kiss him on the cheek, and then you'll know who he is. How many would agree tonight that it's so sad that this world today has majesty, the king, standing right in front of them, and they miss him every single day. We give a Jesus card out, and they miss him. We tell them Jesus can change your life, and they miss him. We tell them Jesus can heal your marriage, and they miss him. Church, we can't control what other people do. But I want you to look at me and I want to look at you and let's tell each other, let's not miss the king. Let's not miss the king. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Let's not miss the king tonight. Jesus, you're the king and you're here in this place. You're here, Father. Your son came out of heaven to die on the cross. We're made in the image of God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. And Lord, very soon, one day, very soon, possibly even today, Jesus, you're going to come back for your church. The trumpet's going to sound, and the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and we who are alive and remain will be caught up into the air to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with him. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place, how many in this place tonight have missed the king. You've had him in front of you every service. You've put on a good look of believing. You've even said you believe, but if Jesus was to stand before you tonight, he might say, and I hope no one would hear these words, I never knew you. It's not about a relationship through your parents or through your church. It's about a one-on-one -on -one relationship with Jesus Christ. Believing with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he died on the cross for your sins. And tonight you can be saved if you put your faith in him and him alone. How many all over this place tonight could say, Pastor, that's me. I need to meet the king tonight. Just put your hand up and put it right back down. All over. I'm not ready to meet the king tonight. I want to be ready. Pray for me. Pray for me tonight. I know the king. I've known the king. I knew the king at some point, but tonight I'm not walking with him. I'm making bad mistakes, doing things I shouldn't do, playing games, rushing roulette with my eternity, but tonight I'm going to get right. Tonight I'm going to be ready. How many can say, that's me. I need to get right. I believe, but I need to get some things in order. God sees your hand. Honest hearts. Honest hearts. Honest hearts, as we stand tonight, and as you stand, I'm not going to call you out if you just raised your hand, but I am going to tell you tonight, take that, take that decision serious. 
If you think it's cold in here, it's ten times hotter in hell. You get so cold it feels hot. Is misery, whatever you think misery is, that's what hell looks like for eternity. We don't have to go there, church. Tribulation is not for us. How many believe that tonight? The tribulation is not for us. Let's be excited. Let's be sober-minded. Let's lay aside any weight of sexual perversion or anger or unforgiveness or jealousy or strife or anything that could possibly cause me to not have oil in my lamp when Jesus comes back, church. Listen, I'm going to tell you something, the truth. I fear God with every fiber in my being, and I still sometimes don't feel like I'm worthy for him to come and get me. That's okay to feel that way because I'd rather feel that way than the other way. I'd rather feel that way than to be overconfident. Now, we should be confident in our salvation that God is who he says he is, but we need to take inventory because at the end of this story that you, you'll read again, I hope tonight that I didn't get to it. There's an interesting thing. He says, and you've heard it before, one thing is he says, remember what happened to Lot's wife. When, when Jesus comes back, some people are going to be looking, they're going to be so intent with this world, they're going to miss it. They're going to be hang, hanging on. God was trying to rescue Lot, Lot's wife out of there, and notice, church, no name mentioned, Lot's wife. Only the ones that go to heaven take their name with them. And so she looked back and she loved the world too much. Don't be, don't be like that. And then it says, if you cling to your life, you'll lose it. If you let your life go, you'll save it. This is interesting. That night it says, you might say, oh, the rapture is going to happen at night. That night two people will be asleep in one bed. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour. When do you grind flour? Unless you're working overnight in a warehouse during the day, right? So it's showing that when the rapture happens, it'll be night one place and day another. One will be taken and the other left because the rapture's coming for every believer in the world. Not just the United States. Shocking news. You'd be surprised to find out that as much as we think this world revolves around us and we have been mightily used, we're not, the, we're not the center of God's attention in this country, although we think we are. The attention of God is over in Israel. We just happen to be blessed and thankful tonight that we had some forefathers who feared God and founded this country on his word and for the last two or three hundred years, our presidents that weren't idiots protected Israel. Did you hear what I said? Protected Israel. Any president or any person who has not protected Israel is a fool. You don't mess with Israel. Go look at the Six-Day War in 1967 and watch that they destroyed five countries funded by Russia with billions of dollars of weapons and I just told you just recently, I just witnessed to a Jewish man at my mom and dad's house, and he t- we didn't get to spend nearly as much time together as, we could, as, we, as I wanted to, but he told me about that war. He said, he's, he said he, his uh, grandpa fought in it. Because and he, and he, everybody in Israel has to go in the, in the army, in the, in the forces. Six days, they defeated the entire armies of five countries. Modern day David and Goliath. 
church, we may not be on the right side of this world, but we're on the right side of God. Amen. Can you be thankful for that tonight? We're not on the right side of this world, but we're on the right side of God. Amen. Let's open up these altars. Let's thank him. Let's ask him to forgive us. Let's ask him to help us be ready. Let's ask him to help us watch. Let's find a place tonight, amen. If, what if Jesus comes back tonight? Are you going to sit back in the back row and look at your phone when Jesus comes back? Are you going to go home and go back to your same way you live when you came to church tonight? Are you going to change some things? Are you going to check the oil that's in your lamp? Are you going to make sure that you're ready for the return of the king so we don't miss him? Keep the oil in your lamps tonight. Let's just spend a few moments at this altar, church. It's high rapture season. Jesus is coming soon, and we're going to watch. We're going to watch. Right before we sing, I want everybody in this place to say this after me. Lord Jesus, please forgive me for all my sins. I confess that I fall short of your glory. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Jesus, change me. Transform me. My faith is not in myself. It's in what you did on the cross as you became the Passover lamb and died for me. And then you rose from the dead and you're coming again. Maybe tonight. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe next week. Whenever you come, I'm going to be watching and looking and ready because I want to spend eternity with you. Thank you, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.